0: we grateful for that because our sins are many and uh, uh even after we're saved you know we can think about a lot of times we think about jesus saving us from our sins we're thinking about all the past things we did maybe before we were saved but i tell you as believers we still fail in many ways and we stumble and we fall and how grateful we are that he never falters He never fails. So, by the way, if you want to kind of keep up with me while I'm in Bulgaria, uh, you can add eight hours to whatever time it is here, and that's the time it'll be there. So if uh, uh, right now it's like 6 in the afternoon over there on Sunday afternoon. So just uh, if you uh, pray for me, uh, you can kind of have an idea what time it'll be? I'll be speaking in a lot of house churches and in several uh, gathered assemblies like this. So this morning, I wanted to uh, I want to talk to you about why people ought to go to church. Why should we go to church? I thought we were going to have a lot of folks here today that were back coming back to church for the first time in uh, a while. So. I'm kind of preaching to the choir this morning because you folks are here usually every Sunday. But it might be good for us to think about why why do we even come to church? Why do people come to church? And, uh, you know, I will say that for some people it's just kind of a custom. You know, a lot of people, that's just what they do. It's Sunday, you go to church. And uh, nothing wrong with that because the Bible says that it was Jesus' custom to uh, go to the synagogue every Sabbath. And so... Uh, it's, uh, it's all right to do it because it's kind of a habit. But that's not the best reason. Certainly, if that's the only reason, then it just becomes kind of a ritual. It's just, well, it's Sunday morning, we go to church. So uh, for some people, what, what's another reason why people go to church? Try, try to give me some wrong reasons some, uh, or some uh, maybe not the, the, the best reason. What, what are some other reasons why people go to church? Do what? To time. eat after church. That's right. Man, I tell you, that's one reason some of you came today maybe. And uh, I tell you, but even the meal didn't get people here today. I don't know. But uh, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with eating after church. Uh, I, I'll do it every Sunday, man. But, uh, <laughs> and by the way, I have a pecan pie here, but it is was given to me personally. <laughs> and so just in case there's not one over there. I'll have one here, but there is. There's two over there. All right, so I'll take this one home with me, and uh, I'll take a piece of it on the plane so I can have some to, uh, to travel because the food in the airports ridiculous. Last night, we I had a, a guy. We got a wheelchair for my wife because the, the distance was so far, so I knew I was going to have to give him a tip of some kind for taking her and pushing her in the wheelchair. and But I didn't have anything but a $20 bill. And so I thought, well, we walked by a little drink machine, and I it said this machine takes $1, $2, uh, $5, $10, or $20 bill. So I thought, well, I'll buy a bottle of water, put my $20 in there. I put in the $20, got my bottle of water, and that's it. No change. And I said to somebody, I said, but, uh, I didn't get any change back. They said, well, this machine doesn't make change, it just takes $20 bills. So my wife really enjoyed that $20 bottle of water. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I still didn't have any money then to give the guy uh, a tip. And uh, so he suggested $10. And I gave him a 20, and he gave me 10 back. So I'm glad he didn't, glad he didn't keep the old 20. But uh, things are so expensive, so I'll have two or three pieces of pecan pie to eat on, on each leg of the trip. So I'm grateful for that. Well, now, so that's another good reason to go to church, isn't it? The meal after church. What's another reason people go to church? All right, to, to have Fellowship. We love to see each other. I look forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. And when some of you are absent on Sunday, I miss you. Now, that thing about it, in a church the size of ours, you can just, you know where people sit. <laughs> and so you can just kind of look. And if that spot's empty, I know y'all aren't there, you know. I say, well, where, where are they today? And so uh, everybody kind of has their own spot, you know. And uh, and so... It, some Sunday, everybody mix up, and I won't even know who's here. won't be able to figure it out. But, uh, all right, what another reason? Do what? All right, people feeling guilty if they don't come, all right? So, people come because they don't want to have to deal with, oh, man, I missed church today, and I feel ashamed of myself, all right? That's not the best reason either, but that's, uh, uh, I, I know how that works, okay? All right, it kind of we needed kind of like a filling station, you know, or a charging station, you know. We uh, we forgot to take our charging cord with us yesterday for our phones, and uh, we thought all the time, oh, we're going to run out of juice, you know. So we were so glad we got back, and Carol was able to plug her phone back in in the car when we got back. She was down to two percent. And I think sometimes, as Christians, we get down to about 2% and we say, well, I need to go to church and kind of get myself charged back up, keep me on track. Those are all good, good reasons. There's nothing wrong with any of those. But uh, I want to think, I'm going to give you three passages of Scripture today. and uh, uh, um, One of the first ones going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Let me tell you, though, when we think about church, Even the word church. We talk about going to church. And I know what we mean by that. We mean what we're doing right now. We mean Sunday morning or Sunday night or Wednesday night. We gather together in a a combined group of some kind, maybe a small group or maybe a large group, and we say we're going to church. And I know what people mean by that. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I like that. Because I love assembling together. I like to see us all come together. In fact, I wish we had about double this amount here this morning. But, uh, uh, but I'm grateful for the ones that are here. And so when we talk about going to church, uh, we usually mean what we're doing right now. But there's a sense in which the Bible never uses the term going to church. It talks about us being the church. we are the people of God, but we also are commanded to gather together and in the book of Acts on the after the day of Pentecost, they gathered together every day, not just once a week, but every day they were gathering together for uh, to be able to help one another. So I was thinking about maybe maybe the best way to start this morning is how about what, what is the church? Now, when the, most of the time when the Bible uses the word church, it's talking about a, a local group like this. Now, there is a sense in which the church are all the saved people in all the places and in all the time since the day of Pentecost. And so there's a sense in which the church is spread out over time and space. But most of the time when the Bible uses the word church, it talks about the church that is at Antioch, the church that was at Jerusalem, the church. And it's talking about the uh, assembly of people who are professing believers in Christ. So I thought, what what is the church? And this is not a formal definition, but this is kind of what came to me this week I was thinking about. It is a family the reason it's a family is because we are all brothers and sisters because we all have the same father. God is our father if we've trusted Jesus. We are born into his family. So I like to think of the church not as an organization, although it is organized. I like to think of it as a family. It is a, but it is a family of sinful people who have been forgiven and redeemed and reborn. That's who we are. We're a group of people who are sinners who have been saved, redeemed, bought by the blood of Jesus and called together. together. But why do we do that, and, and how? What's the purpose of it? Because we need each other. We need to help each other. And when you study the church in the New Testament, it was there. There's no such thing as just the lone ranger Christian in the New Testament. Christians were always part of a group. They were part of one another. In fact, one of the most common phrases in the Bible is one another, one another, love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, edify one another, forgive one another. They're just all throughout the New Testament. And so we come together recognizing that we are all still growing. We're all growing in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. God has a purpose for each one of us, for all of us, and that is to bring us eventually to the full measure of the mature stature of Jesus Christ. But look, none of us are there. I'm not there. I've been growing in God's grace for 56 years, and... I still have so far to go. And I depend upon the Lord, the Holy Spirit, but I also depend upon my brothers and sisters in Christ to help me in that process of growing up and growing to maturity. And we encourage one another. We help one another. And so... uh, uh, The passage I want to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. Listen to this. It was hard for me to find a place to start this. I knew where I wanted to stop, but I'm going to start with verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, that's what makes us all in common with one another. We all have been bought by, cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And that's what gives us confidence as believers to enter into the holy places through uh, the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, that is, through His flesh, when He died on the cross. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, that is Jesus, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean, washed clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed With pure water. Do you realize that we are clean before God? We look at ourselves and we don't see a very pretty picture. But when God looks at you, He sees you having trusted in Jesus as washed clean. Isn't it amazing? We see ourselves as clean defiled sometimes, as spotted, blemished, God looks at us. He says, I see no spot, no blemish, because I have washed you clean and someday will present His bride to the Son without any spot, without any blemish. We have been washed clean. And then... the. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. This is a call for us to to keep on believing. For he who promised is faithful. We're not always faithful, but he is always faithful. And And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. You know what we're supposed to do as we come together on Sunday? Not just to sing. That's great. I love it when we sing. The song service great this morning. Not just to hear somebody get up and bring a sermon. That's, uh, that's good. I'm glad people, most people, stay awake during that time, and I, I'm glad that we have that part of it. But that's not really our main purpose. Our main purpose is is to stir one another up to love and to good works and and uh not many people take that seriously most people when they think of going to church they think of going to listen and maybe participate in the singing and listen to the sermon they don't go with the idea of how can I help somebody today? How can I stir somebody up to love and to good works? Now, there are a lot of folks who come to church to stir somebody up, maybe, but, uh, but it's not always to stir them up to love and good works. No, we, but we want to come to, ch- to church with this thought in mind. How can I help somebody, encourage somebody? So let us consider how to do that, not neglecting the meeting together. That's what we think of as church. Like some people do, so that's the habit of some people to, to miss out, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. So that's that's what we're that's why we come to church. If you come just as an Uh, An observer or as a, uh, what's the right word, Uh, spectator or something, that's okay. You're, you know, I go to a play, I go as a spectator. I don't, I don't intend to get involved in it. I go to watch it, but that's not how I come to church. I come to church thinking, how can people here help me be a better, more devoted believer in Jesus and follower of Jesus? And how can I help somebody else to be a, a victorious in the struggles of their life? Do You know, every person here today, I think this would be true, every person here today is involved in struggle. We're all struggling. Sometimes we're struggling with financial struggles. Sometimes with relational struggles. Sometimes with emotional struggles. Sometimes with spiritual struggles. Sometimes with what other kind of struggles? Health struggles. Physical struggles. Yeah. Everybody here has some, some struggles. Now, if you're thinking, well, I can't think of any I have, well, just wait. <laughs> You'll have some day after tomorrow. But, but wouldn't it be something if when we all got together, especially in our small groups like our Sunday school classes and, and, and smaller groups, if we could say, here's an area where I'm really struggling, and somebody else could say, how can I help you with that? I want to help you. I'll pray for you, but if there are practical ways I can help, I want to do that too. That's really what church is about. It has become kind of a spectator sport, but it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be like a body coming together, and one person is the eye, one person is the ear, one person is the little finger, one person is the the foot, and and we all work together, and, and each person needs each other person, and we're all trying to help each other, that's why we come to church, and not just in the assembled group, but even all during the week when we're dispersed from place to place. I just appreciate so much those who contact me by email or by uh, text or by phone call. Just say, I'm praying for you today. And uh, uh, and I, there are many of you who have encouraged me and have helped, and many of you have given financially to help with this uh, uh, trip to Bulgaria to help with the Gypsy pastors and the Gypsies over there. I just appreciate that. It's a way ev- of everybody saying, "This is not Brother Nick's ministry. This is our ministry. We're involved." And then, and when you pray the same way, you pray for me, and uh, and I sense those prayers. I feel those prayers when uh, when people are praying. And so, uh, we gather together with the intentional purpose of loving one another, helping one another, hearing one another, and motivating one another to love and good works. That's what happened on the, in the first church in Acts chapter 2. Verses 42 through 47. This is kind of a picture. I, I preached on this when I first came here. But it's kind of a picture of what the, a healthy church does. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That is listening to the sermon, listening to the teaching. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. Yes. and And that involves... Eating because it says and to the breaking of bread, and we're going to break some bread here in f- a little bit, and and some pecan pie and some other stuff. We're gonna we're gonna have a meal together. That's important for people to eat together, and uh, uh, and that's what they did. And and the prayers, the prayers. And this was uh, these were probably like what we'd call the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, the Shema, the prayer that the Israelites prayed every day, two or three times a day, and other prayers. You say, well, you, I don't, you, do you just, do you memorize prayer? Hey, there's nothing wrong with saying some memorized prayers. It might even help you to memorize some prayers. But then, not just uh, formal prayers, but just, Personal prayers where you're pouring your heart out to God and pray it for one another. And then it says, and, and all came upon every soul. There's a sense in which when we're all functioning together in the body of Christ, there's a sense in which there's a, a spirit of amazement and awe and reverence and worship. Many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And uh, and the next verse, that's all right. And all who believed were together. They were together. Yes. And they had all things in common. That is, it was a sense of, you know, what I have is yours if you need it. That's a wonderful spirit. And they had all things in common. <clears throat> and and they were selling their possessions and their belongings, and they were distributing the proceeds to all as any has have need. We do that here. When there is a, a, a critical need, a financial need, uh, our church has a fund in which we, we try to help. And not just that, but a lot of times individual Christians will say, hey, I, I hear there's a need, and... We want to give to meet that need. And, uh, and that's, that's what we ought to be doing. And then day by day, every day, not just on Sundays, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved wasn't that a it's a beautiful picture of the way the church ought to be such love such unity such cooperation such compassion such care for one another and they were all together and they were were doing those things praying together fellowshipping together eating together and helping one another and then the last passage i'll read is also in hebrews chapter 12 Verses twelve through fifteen; these are these are what we ought to be doing for one another. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. You ever feel like sometimes you just can't go on? I mean, I know uh, the Madero's family have really really faced a heavy load the last few weeks so really the really last few years but especially in the last few weeks and I've just prayed for Ephraim and Connie and Zoe and Hector and Josephine just lifting them up in prayer but I want to do more than that I don't want to just pray for them that's, that's the most important thing but I want to say to them is there a way I can help anything I can do Y'all don't, hope you did not mind me using you as an illustration, but it's the truth, isn't it? I mean, you've just, you've had your plate so full. And and I, I just feel like there are times, and I said to Ephraim a few weeks ago, man, I just, I know you, your knees are about to buckle. You're about to collapse. And I've been there. Have you been there? Yeah, we've all been there, haven't we? And if you hadn't been there, you will be someday where you just feel like there's just more being piled on me. And I don't, know, I don't know how much more I can take. Well, the Bible says that part of what we do as Christians is we bear one another's burdens. And we lift up the hands that are hanging down. And we strengthen the knees that are about to collapse and we make straight paths for our feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but rather be healed and then he says and strive for peace with one another do everything you can to keep keep harmony and peace and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord and then see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. That no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. You know, one of the, great th- one of the things we all face is the danger of a root of bitterness springing up in our life. I mean, everybody, everybody gets hurt. Everybody gets offended. Some people a lot worse than others. Some people are really seriously mistreated. Some people are cheated. Some people are insulted. And when that happens in our life, that's when we need to share that burden with others in the body of Christ. And we might say, you know, the worst thing that could happen is not the bad thing that happens to me. The worst thing that could happen would be if I let that that happened to me create in me a root of bitterness. And, and i become so bitter that I end up like a poison seeping all throughout my system. But it doesn't just seep into your system. It seeps into those around you. And it says by it many, many become defiled so that's why we need each other man there have been times in my life and my ministry where I'll be so wronged there have been times I've been wronged too but there have been times I've been wronged falsely accused of something or hurt in some way and uh man it was during those times that those who would come draw near gather around me and say, Brother, don't become bitter. That's the main thing. Don't become bitter. You can, you can be hurt. You know, Jesus was hurt worse than any of us have ever been hurt. He was wrongfully accused worse than any of us have ever been wrongfully accused. He was insulted. He was physically uh, uh, tortured. But he never became bitter. And even hanging on the cross, he looked at those who had just nailed him up there. And he said, Father, I release them. Forgive them. They don't don't fully understand what they're doing. And, And even the ones who say, yeah, we understand what we're doing. he said, well, I still forgive you, too. Because I do not want to become a prisoner in a cell of bitterness just because I want to put somebody else in a cell of condemnation. And when somebody hurts you, and, and this is something we must help one another with in the church. That's why we come to church, is to help protect one another from bitterness, anger, resentment, temptation, sin, those kinds of things. So, why do we gather together here on Sundays? Not just because it's a habit. It may be a habit, but that's not the main reason. Not just so we can eat, although that's a good reason. And not just so we can uh, fellowship with one another. That's a good reason too. But we gather together because all of us are struggling. All of us are weak. All of us are hurting. And every member needs every member to be praying for one another. Serving one another helping one another, and helping us grow together in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. And that's one thing I appreciate about this church. It amazes me that we're not packed out full every Sunday. I think, who wouldn't want to go to church at Bear Creek? If they ever came, if they ever came, you'd think they'd say, wow, I hadn't been in a place where I felt this loved." And I've had people say, people who've, who have visited here, they say, man, I felt so much love when I came into that place. And I said, well, thank the Lord for it. And also thank former pastors. I tell you, Brother Bob and other people, they are... They're largely responsible for the attitude and the spirit that's here right now. That's why I appreciate him so much and other, others that even preceded him. And, but the main thing, it's the spirit of Jesus who's in our hearts who is saying, love one another, serve one another. That's why we come to church. Not so we can check it off of our to-do list but so we can involve it in our must do list let's pray together and as we pray you might just think about the person sitting next to you you might just think about the other people sitting around in the room and just pray you know pray specifically for somebody I don't know you know what what all of our specific needs are but uh the Lord knows and bring your burden to the Lord this morning roll it over on Him and then pray for each other pray for the person on your right pray for the person on your left pray for the person sitting behind you or in front of you and just know that if you really really knew you'd find out that they've got some Heavy loads they're carrying. Some pain that they'd love to be able to share. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this church. Lord, I thank you for the love that's here, for the fellowship that's here. and I pray that you'll help us to really, truly receive one another, to get to know one another. I know how easy it is to gather together in church and put on our happy face and our peaceful face and act like we've got it all together when we know deep down in our heart that we're hurting. And I pray that you'll help us to know how to wisely and discreetly and personally share with uh, a trusted brother or sister who can pray for us and pray with us and love us. Help us to be sensitive to the needs that we see and know. I pray for, uh, for those who are, who are hurting right now. I pray for Hector. Lord, I, just, uh, I know this has been such a difficult challenge for him. I pray for you to encourage him there in the hospital. And then I ask you to help us to be sensitive to one another to truly care for one another. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us And let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.